ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy. I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot. I ain't really got a lot of thoughts, I just pack them in a box. So I popped up on this pod, now I'm outside of the box. When I pop up on the clock, last thing I think is talk. See, I'm winning it now, loving it three and a thou. They peeping my style, keeping it now, steadily growing my Dow Jones. Oh no, these kids be thinking they prowl. Oh no, no, immediately throwing the towel. See, when it's different, it's different. Go position by position. Ain't no issue commission. As a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing. Cause I'll be willing and dealing. Find me the trade. Cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 166 of the Dynasty Junkies podcast, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts podcast network, the DAP network, if you will, and we always do. Uh, here tonight, I'm back for the back for the first time in a while. I had, to, I think, I generally am on every other week, and I think I had to miss the last one. Uh, so I'm very happy to be back uh, and here with uh, our uh newest co-host drew drew i i, I always afraid to screw, screw up your last name uh prawl is that right you got it you i always it. i always i'm always worried i'm gonna say it wrong okay so drew how you doing tonight i'm good i'm good not uh not thrilled about our sunday night matchup but otherwise i'm fine <laughs> um okay and we have a great guest here tonight uh we're gonna get into some rookies i know he does a lot of stuff in the uh, off season evaluating the rookies so i was very happy to get him on tonight uh matt price dlf's matt price matt uh why don't you uh you know tell tell everyone um where they can find you your twitter handle and all that good and it is twitter x does not exist for me <laughs> yeah i haven't switched yet either uh, i'm happy to be here you guys you know i broke a rule just to come hang out with you tonight i usually do not record during football but uh special special dgn co-host here i made a i appreciate it <laughs> <laughs> um yeah you can find all my stuff over with dlf the dlf dynasty podcast i co-host with ryan mcdowell and dan myler I also write the weekly rookie report card for DLF currently, um, Dynasty Game Night with you, and uh, I think that's about it. Okay, uh, and as I said, we're going to get right into it because um, we a lot of sometimes we'll start with the news, but there's not really much news this week. Uh, kind of thankfully, uh, no huge injuries. Jonathan Taylor um, busting up his thumb going to be out a couple of weeks but i don't know that that really has any major dynasty impact unless you guys are super into zach moss so um i'm just gonna go by by bypass that if, if uh, me and russ talked about it on trade addicts this week so go go over there if you want to if you want to hear some zach moss and jonathan taylor talk so we're just gonna get right into it um i you know i put it in the, in the title here like rookie report card we're gonna go through the 2023 rookie class um and just kind of give our thoughts on where these guys are at at this point you know, maybe what we're buying them for, what we're selling them for, um, what we think of them going forward. Uh, going to do it by DLF ADP I pulled from May. So we'll kind of go through the first round, uh, probably some of the second round, and then just any other late round guys we want to talk about. So uh, it's, I know it's not quite the end of the season, but we're winding down here. And I thought it was a, a good time to to do this Um Rather than just, I know I know Andrew loves to do the the weekend review, and uh, I, I like to look more a little more big picture. So we're gonna go rookies today, and um, 
obviously the the 101 was uh Bijan Robinson in most leagues and he is in the, in the ADP. Uh it's been an interesting season for Bijan. Um we had that uh, that fun um tummy ache game or whatever the hell that was. Um, and he's been uh, very up and down with Arthur Smith and the usage, much like uh, a lot of the other, uh, you know, fantasy assets on the Atlanta Falcons. But Matt, um, and, well, I mean, I guess there's not really that much to say. I mean, he's been pretty much what's expected. Just it's just been the usage really, right? Yeah, I mean, he we, we saw him coming out of the bye, have a big game. So it's it's just Arthur Smith like figuring it out. It's, it's kind of a it's almost kind of a not that we shouldn't talk about it, but it's kind of a boring conversation at this point. We know the deal is we know that he isn't using his primary playmakers. And uh, we saw that good things happen when he does, you know, just last week. So two touchdowns, I think one receiving, one rushing. Uh, and he's he's like he's everything we want him to be. We just need him to have that true bell call role. And it, you know, we hope it stays there, but Algier is still involved, you know, especially late in games. Once, once the game is out of hand in either direction, they bring him in, you know, so he's not going to get that full, you know, 85% snap share. He's not going to get that kind of Christian McCaffrey level treatment. I don't think, uh, at least under this current coaching staff and, you know, they're still like, you know, they're not winning every game, but they're winning enough that they're, it feels like Arthur Smith isn't going anywhere, at least in, in 2024, right? So I think we're going to have to deal with this kind of up-and-down usage and, and, until he decides to stop doing that. Yeah, that that's the point I was going to bring up. I, I've i mentioned it uh, multiple times, I think, on both podcasts. Arthur Smith, they, they win just enough that he's not going to get fired, and we're just going to keep seeing this every year, it feels like. Uh, but, uh, Drew, um, w- what are your thoughts? Are you... Are you worried about that entire Atlanta Falcons offense until, until Arthur Smith is gone? Uh, I think in general, yes. Uh, I'm curious to see what they do with quarterback down the road here. Um, but, yeah, I, I think, you know, in terms of the entire offense, if you can get a discount on probably one of the pass catchers maybe is uh, probably a little easier than trying to get Bijan from anybody at this point. I think most folks are pretty well clued into the idea that they're going to sit on him for a couple of years here, especially if they spent the one-on-one on him or, if they were lucky enough to get him at the 102 in a super flex. So uh, I'm certainly interested in seeing, um, you know, what does it cost to get Kyle Pitts at this point? Or if you like Drake London still, see what you can get him for, uh, what kind of package deal maybe. Um, so it's not maybe as obvious that he's the guy that you're really going after. But, yeah, until, until Smith is gone or until there's some sort of uh, significant philosophical change, uh, that's kind of what we got. And yeah, I wanted to ask you too, because I think you're both uh, not big running back, like in running backs and dynasty guys, if I'm correct. Um, maybe I'm, I'm wrong on that. I kind of feel like that that's where you're at, Drew. You're, you're kind of more like, like a lot of people, the, 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 you know, give me quarterbacks, give me wide receivers. Uh, so yeah. I'm just curious, are you interested in acquiring Bijan? And do you think maybe there's any discount whatsoever just because he hasn't, he hasn't, Ball, like I remember at one point in the season, um, Russ from you know Dynasty Outhouse um, was referring to him as Tyler Algier's backup um, <laughs> because of, of what was going on over there. But are, are you interested in acquiring Bijan or just too expensive? You'd rather go cheaper, uh, Matt. I'll let you go first. Um, I, I've, I, I don't mind acquiring him. I just don't think I'm going to want the cost. I think his cost is down a little bit, although after last week's game, probably not so much. And if you are going to buy him, you probably want to either right now or after this week's game, the Buccaneers defense is a little bit tougher. Oh, no, sorry. They have the Jets this week. So actually, he's probably gonna have a good game against the Jets. Um, 
but you know, in the fantasy playoffs, the, the the Panthers, the Colts, and the Bears, like it's like after that, like he like we could be talking about him. Uh, I mean, he already is the most valuable running back, right? But he could approach that top tier of players in a, in a one quarterback. If we're talking about Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, um, but I have moved him several times. Uh, I have not bought him. Uh, I moved him for Jamar. I moved him, and I can't remember some other smaller piece for Jamar Chase a couple of weeks ago. Uh, on a contending team that was that had, was pretty set at running back. Um, if I was going to buy him, you know, I mean, I, I, you'd have to come strong. You have to come with a player like like that. Maybe not quite Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase, but somebody right in that next year down. If we're talking about quarterbacks, you know, we probably, um, I mean, geez, can you can you would would could could you even get him for Trevor Lawrence? You couldn't get him for CJ Stroud. I mean, I mean, if you could get him for CJ Stroud, but you wouldn't pay, want to pay that, yeah, right? So yeah. you're like you're yeah. talking about that late quarterback one range, like as a palatable price for him. But I don't think that's enough. And that's you know that's the most valuable position we're talking about in most of the leagues we play in. So uh, at wide receiver, like AJ Brown is like maybe the lowest you can go. Like it's just it's just so cost prohibitive. And unless you are yeah. a strong contender right now, making a run in the playoffs, looking at those juicy playoff matchups, like. It just you don't really want to carry that kind. Of, I, I don't really want to carry that kind of risk into the off season personally, unless I'm just like a top of the top competitor. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you. Like, and, and I am more of a, a pro running back guy than a lot of dynasty managers. But I just his price is too high. I, I mean, especially for if you're a contender, the production you're going to get now. I mean, we saw this week, like you said, it, it can be very good, but there's going to be weeks where he's, you know, getting the ball 11 times and only getting 60 yards or something and not a touchdown and like maybe three catches. Um, so I, I'd rather uh, pay a little bit less and get Jamar, Jameer Gibbs. Honestly, I can get yeah. the same production close to the same production for, I don't, I don't know how much less at this point, but I'm certainly less than Bijan, I think, still. Yeah, I think it's definitely less. Yeah, I, um, I, I'm with Matt as far as I, I'm not really interested unless, you know, it would have to be a pretty specific roster build. Like, um, you know, maybe if I, I went hero RB or something and my guy is really underperforming or is not uh, doing well uh, physically, then great. You know, maybe I throw if I'm just absolutely stacked at another position like wide receiver or tight end and i can i can do that but um you know first thing that came to mind is you know like a, a sale at louis vuitton is is not a sale for an average guy like me you know what i mean it's just <laughs> gonna be so far out of my range as it is so um yeah i i think if you've got him uh, and you want to see what you can get he's definitely been insulated for value you've got a lot that you can uh you know point to to show that he'll have future value so if you have somebody that is maybe more uh, running back centric, then you could definitely, uh, you know, probably turn your team around or add a couple of really good pieces pretty quickly if you wanted to, if you uh, have Bijan on a roster or two. Yeah. Uh, I did want to move on now to uh, the quarterbacks. That's, that's a little more interesting to me. Um, everyone knows Bijan is very good and, and, and he was supposed to be very good. And I, I, we were expecting a lot from these quarterbacks too, but it's funny, you know, the, in the ADP, uh, QB1 is Anthony Richardson. QB2 is Bryce Young. QB3 is CJ Stroud, who we just mentioned a little while ago, was actually my QB1 uh, coming out. So I'm very happy to see what's happening now. But, uh, Matt, wh where did you have these guys initially? And I'm curious uh, from both of you, probably, uh, like, Anthony Richardson didn't do anything really while he was playing to kind of make us think any less of him. Like I, I was actually a little impressed by how he, how he was doing early on. Um, 
and I really like uh, the coaching met the coaching uh, connection there with with Steichen uh, and Anthony Richardson. So I'm curious where, how you like. Obviously, I guess Stroud has to be worth more because Richardson hasn't played. But are you like, what's the gap for you? Yeah, I have Stroud at quarterback six and Richardson at quarterback eight. And I, I, like you said, it's, there's nothing that Anthony Richardson has done wrong. I, I think if they were both playing right now, I'd probably still have Richardson, you know, at least at least right next to him, if not like a little bit above Stroud. Uh, Stroud is awesome. Like I, I completely whiffed on, on him. Um, I had Richardson as the quarterback one everywhere. And then I actually had uh gibbs i think before bryce young and then cj stroud after that at like five or six overall even in Superflex. so i 100 percent whiffed on that i have zero cj stroud um and 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 have to probably too much bryce young but that's the order uh it's it's stroud richardson young and i think there's a big gap between those first two and young and you know at this time next year i i, I don't think it would be weird to say anthony richardson is you know slightly more valuable than stroud but i think all of these guys are maybe not in that top tier with with jackson hurts and mahomes and and uh well jackson for me i don't know about for other people but jackson hurts mahomes and allen in that top tier and then i think both of those guys are right there in that next tier along with 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 Herbert and Lawrence and Kyler and if you want to throw uh, Burrow in there still too I moved him down a little bit um, but both of those guys are right there in that second tier for me look at that man I was actually going to ask you where you where you compare them to to the uh the, the current quarterback you know the more veteran quarterbacks right now uh but uh Drew where, how, where were you on Stroud coming out was was he your three was he was he two was he one uh it was for me it was Anthony Richardson before all others and then i just kind of snagged uh, a couple of both stroud and uh bryce young depending on how the draft kind of fell in the leagues that i got them in uh in a home league i actually was very very frustrated because i i thought i was going to get jameer gibbs at 105 and, and the guy at 104 took him in front of me and i was pretty peeved uh so cj stroud fell into my lap and, and that's actually helped me kind of turn my team around this year because uh, i was able to flip him into herbert and waddle last week um so i was able to kind Woo! of uh, Ooh, my goodness, fill, fill a couple of spots there. So, um, but yeah, Richardson was definitely, I think, because of the rushing upside, and we're even seeing it with Stroud now, right? I think he's using his legs well. Uh, we haven't seen him really um, gain a lot of yardage, uh, but he's extending plays really well. And then he's taking those deep shots, which are awesome to see. And, uh, and we'll get to a couple of his receivers later on. But um, yeah, I think uh, it'll be interesting to see a year from now. I think I'm a little bit more um, injury sensitive than. Some folks are, so I, I probably, um, I assume I'll still probably have Stroud a spot or two ahead of Richardson this time next year, unless, you know, Richardson really comes back and, uh, you know, plays consistently. Uh, it's just tough to see those injuries so early. So hopefully that doesn't really throw too many people off and cloud their judgment too much. But, um, yeah, I think at this point, Stroud's uh, a, a good bit above Richardson for me. Um, if I have Richard, If I had Richardson anywhere else, I would definitely be, you know, kicking the tires to see could I package something small with him to get to Stroud um, in, in that league. It's funny you say that because I was just going to ask uh, Matt here. Um, what would would you if you're let's say you're rebuilding, you, you're, you're ecstatic, you have Stroud. Would you trade Stroud for like how confident are you in Richardson going forward? Would you trade try and trade Stroud for Richardson plus if you could do that? I, I probably would. I mean, I'd like to get a deal like Drew got with, with Herbert and Waddle. I think that's in, that's incredible. Yeah, that, that I think was, is is a rarity. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like if I, but if I can add a piece, you know, similar to Waddle or something like that to Richardson, that's a a no brainer for me. Um, I think is I think you're probably 
I, 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 th- I want at least a first on top of Richardson, I would say. At this point. Gonna, you know, yeah. That, 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 that number is going to get smaller as we get closer and find out more about his health. But right now, I think I'd want a first on top of Richardson to get to Stroud. Okay, and then I just wanted to ask, what what are your guys' thoughts on Bryce Young? I was, I was, I, I did like him coming out. I was a little worried about the uh, the size, like a lot of people were. I, I don't know that that's been a huge factor. I think a bigger factor has just been the uh, crappiness of the Carolina line and uh, uh, the just a whole sort of negative atmosphere around the whole organization. I was we saw with uh, Frank Reich. I guess that would have been a little piece of news too, Frank Reich getting fired, uh, but. Drew, what, what, like, where are you on Young? Are you do you still have faith he can come around, or are you already kind of uh, I'm out on this guy? Uh, I wouldn't say that I'm out, but um, I I wouldn't want to to bank my superflex future on him. So if I can make some sort of a move where he's ideally my QB three, maybe I've got a couple of other guys um, that I feel you know strong QB one, and then you know kind of a steady Eddie QB two. Uh, I would be fine, you know, taking him as my QB three if I could get a decent deal worked out. Depending on the rest of my roster, I would probably be even okay, especially if I'm maybe um, looking ahead to next year, take rolling the dice on uh, getting him as a QB two for next year and hoping that another offseason would help. But uh, I wouldn't say that I'm out, um, but definitely not somebody that I'm going and looking to to add to any rosters uh, as like a cornerstone piece for a team. What about you, Matt? You said you'd like to more than Stroud coming out. So are you still in on Bryce Young or is this 12 game or 11, 12 game sample enough to be like, um, I'm, a, I'm definitely lower than I was before. No, I, I, I think I'm, I'm closer to what Drew said there. You know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bank on him as like, he's going to be my guaranteed, you know, quarterback two in super flex leagues next year, but I'd like to buy him this year. Like if I'm a strong contender this year and I, maybe I've got a couple of old quarterbacks, can I send my, you know, 110 to 112 for Bryce young? And and if I, if I need a quarterback, I think I, I'd probably be happy to do that with this stage of, of my, my draft prep. Anyway, I certainly have a lot more to do, but that feels like a safe purchase for him. And you, you've, you've gone from the one Oh two to the, to the one twelve in value. That seems like a pretty nice value pickup. Mm-hmm. So it's just, we, it's no secret. The Carolina is, is garbage. There's no playmakers. There's no offense. There's no offensive line. I, I, I don't really think it was Frank Reich's fault, but obviously you've got to do something there. I mean, he picked the yeah. guy. I, I assume he picked the guy. I don't know. There were also rumors that he wanted Stroud and he was forced. Bryce Young was forced upon him. So who knows the real story? But I think Frank Reich in general has proven to be a good coach. So I, I'm not sure that was his fault. But, you know, a new offensive system that's going to highlight his skill set and and, and, and and really illustrate what he does well, especially his improvisational skills outside of the pocket, things like that, and just weapons to support what he does is the problem. I, I will say I was not concerned about the size and I'm still not really, but there are times where you see like, it seems like a lineman gets a finger on his Jersey and he goes down. So <laughs> that part is a little bit like concerning sometimes, but in, in general, I just think we're, we're waiting for him to be surrounded with more talent. We hope he doesn't get the Zach Wilson treatment uh, here. Like that's, a, that's like kind of the biggest fear is that he just gets mired yeah. on the team that, um, you know, doesn't I guess they he did get I guess he did they did add some talent last year around Zach Wilson, but like the line is still bad. Um, it doesn't really seem like they would design that offense for him. So that's the that's that's the the nightmare scenario. But I think it's too early to to go in on him or get rid of him, and uh, I'd probably be buying rather than selling. 
Yeah, I'm with you. I, I wouldn't be interested in selling either. I have, I, I actually, I, I don't, I don't have a lot of shares of any of them. I think I have one or two of each. Uh, I think I have uh, two Bryce Young, one Stroud, and two Richardson. I want to say, um, and yeah, I, I, I'm def. To me, he's a hold. I, I'm, I'd be a little nervous about even buying. So he, to me, he's more of a hold. But I was also lower on him coming out. He was, he was my three. It was, it was Stroud, Richardson, uh, Young for me coming out. But uh, I agree with you. I don't. I think it's a little too early to to kind of you know give up on a guy after not even a full season. So uh, I did want to throw. I was looking at the um, DLF current ADP, the November ADP overall ADP, uh, and just wanted to throw a couple of uh, close ADP comparisons. I'll give you one one to each of you. Uh, Drew, uh, going back to Stroud, Tua is one spot ahead of Stroud. Are you going Stroud or Tua? Uh, that's Stroud pretty easily for me. That's what I thought too. I was surprised to see that. Uh, yeah, Stroud is doing doing stuff for a rookie. We have like the interception, the you know early yeah. on, especially the lack of interceptions, the yardage. Uh, I, I was a little, and, I, and I'm a Tua. I think you are too. You're a Tua supporter. I like Tua, but, but yeah. I, I'm more into Tua because of the weapons, and you see what Stroud's doing with with much more average weapons around him. Well, the one good one we're going to talk about a little later, but um, and Matt, uh, Bryce Young, Bryce Young or Brock Purdy? Oh, man, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, they they are like I think they are. I have to double check, but I think they are like right next to each other in my rankings. Four, I have Purdy one, yeah. Purdy one has one spot ahead in my rankings, and in the um, ADP, so, it's two. yeah, 14 and 68. <laughs> It, it, I think you have. I think I think you have to say Purdy at this point because he fe- he just feels safer. He's in a m- more friendly offense, and he has all of those ridiculous weapons around him right now. Um, that's wild. Gosh, that's really hard. I'll say I'll say it Purdy, is. but like you could go either either way, really. Yeah, I mean, is Purdy bet. a guy that if you're not a contender this year, would you would you flip him for for Bryce Young? Like if a team came knocking saying, "Hey, I want somebody that's producing a little bit more," uh, I'll send you a young, you know. Young, uh, high-profile, one-on-one pick. I don't. I. I just. I just hate doing. Um. I hate doing one. One-to-one position, same position trades. You know, like it just. Like it just. Like it just never feels feels good. So I, I don't. I don't think I would necessarily do a direct swap like that. And either side, you give me whatever it is on top a second uh, probably not a third third i'd probably keep purdy for the third but if it was a second i'd probably probably flop the other way okay so moving on from the quarterbacks uh next guy at uh 105 is jameer gibbs who we talked a little bit about earlier um matt i i mean i'm i was very high on jameer gibbs coming out and i think as most people were but uh, I don't think – I think we've actually seen kind of his workload increase during the year. Uh, to me, it's almost like Beach. I don't know that there's that much to say about him uh, because I think he kind of is what he thought, what we thought he was. But uh, any, any thoughts on Jameer Gibbs here before we move on to, to anyone else? Uh, he's my running back two overall, and I think he's in the same – like if you're going to tear up just the running back position, I think he's in the same tier with Bijan at, at this point. Um so I mean, there's nothing. There's no more questions for him. He's shown that he can carry the full work, workload if he needs to. I think he it was three weeks in a row, weeks eight, and then he had, had a, or weeks nine, and then he had a buy in ten, I think, or something like that. And then eleven, no, it was 
uh, by in week nine and weeks eight, eight, 10 and 11. He was like the running back one, the two and the three overall in each of those weeks. So he's, he's shown he can do it all. He showed, he showed just last week that he can do it when he isn't the, when he's only, I think he only got eight carries or something. So he's an efficient player on top of that. We're going to see in the playoffs coming up, Detroit has a couple of really tough matchups, I think against Dallas and Minnesota. Um, in the fantasy playoffs, and I think Gibbs is, is going to shine there with his pass catching ability. So, th- yeah, there's no more questions with him. He's the running back too. And if I like, I guess like we were talking about earlier, if you can get Gibbs for a cheaper price than Bijan, why go after Bijan right now? Yeah, and and even like uh, the, the you know even with Montgomery there, I mean the offense is in, is is he's in is is really good right yeah. now. Uh, Goff, I think, is an extremely underrated uh, quarterback at this point. Uh, it just everything looks good there, and they're winning teams, so you know you can expect uh, a decent amount of running the ball. So uh, yeah, I, I I don't know that. Like I said, I don't know that there's that much we really need to say about Gibbs. So unless you had anything, Drew, I'm actually going to move to the next two guys that I think are a little more interesting. Uh, at that uh, six overall in the May ADP is JSN Jackson Smith and Jigba, and then at seven we have Jordan Addison. Uh, Addison has obviously flashed more this year. Are you Addison over JSN at this point? Uh, just to take away contender status, I need points, which it's not like JSN is like balling out, but uh, he's obviously giving you more points than JSN is. But taking that out, which one Which one you prefer? Uh, I mean, it's tough not to say Addison. I, I had concerns. I was uh, – selfishly, I, I have Jefferson in a lot of uh, teams, so I was – definitely hoping that he would get a little bit of the rookie treatment and have to kind of come along and earn his way. Um, but you know, he, he's definitely shown, I, I was, um, after JSN, I was on the, the Quentin Johnson train and that was, that was my debacle was of the, <laughs> of the draft. Um, and so I ended up with zero Addison and I, I'm absolutely kicking myself for it, except for the teams where I took a tight end first, but, um, but yeah, Addison just is uh, impressed for the stretch where he's been uh, the guy overall. Um, you know, up until Christian, uh, till Kirk uh, Cousins got hurt. But uh, yeah, I think between the two now, it, it'd be tough. I I wouldn't fault anybody for taking one over the other. Uh, but I think if I was uh, on the clock, I'd probably take Addison before JSN at this point. Uh, what about you, Matt? And do you have any concerns that we haven't seen JSN? I know he's got uh, two other solid receivers there, but do you have any concerns that we really haven't seen much of a flash from JSN through through uh, uh, 12 games here? I don't think so. And I'm probably, I don't know if I'm in the minority, but I'm probably going to keep JSN over Addison for now. We've seen Addison, you know, really thrive both without, Justin Jefferson and with Justin Jefferson. Um, but the, I just don't know the quarterback situation is a little bit scary. So I'd rather take the more certain situation uh, in Seattle there. Uh, and we get, we're like you said, he's buried. He, we've, we've had games where DK has missed. We have, we've had games where, 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 where Tyler Lockett has missed and he's shown up and those games with some increased target share. Uh, and I think a touchdown in, in, in each of those games as well, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. Um, so, I mean, is Laka going to be there next year? Maybe, but I just think his role is going to continue and increase. I, it was a little bit disappointing this season that I thought Shane Waldron, um, the previous uh, offensive coordinator, not uh, off, yeah, offensive coordinator uh, for the Rams under Sean McVay, a lot of three wide receiver 
uh, experience. We saw, we, we saw an increased pass rate from Geno last year, and I thought that was going to translate again to this season with more three wide receiver sets. That hasn't really come to fruition, unfortunately. Um, but it's just it's a waiting game, and um, you know I don't want to take. I don't want to take JSN over Addison because it doesn't feel good, but I still think he's the better player in the better situation. So I probably would. Um, I think I have it that way in my rankings as well, but they're not far off at all. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I guess I lean a little more towards Drew. I, I, I kind of am Addison slightly over JSN. Uh, I do agree. Like the quarterback situation in Minnesota is if he, uh, we don't know if, uh, if cousins will be there next year. And uh, that is a concern, but I just, I like, I like what we've seen of Addison so far. And I, I, I'm worried. I know it's more stable situation. I'm still worried about Geno Smith being his quarterback. though. So um, I, I, I kind of thought Geno might turn a bit more into a pumpkin uh, this year after the year he had last year. And he definitely has not produced as well. Uh, so I think I'll a little more Addison, but I'm with you. I mean, JSN is super talented. I loved him coming out. Like everyone else, I had him as, as my wide receiver one last year. So um, I, I can't fault anybody for saying one side or the other. Uh, at eight was uh, the guy, Drew, you had mentioned, Quentin Johnston. I am I am very big on guys who don't produce year one. I'm just out. And he has not produced year one. Uh, he's still got a few games to maybe show something at the end of the you know, if we were talking about uh, Amon Ross St. Brown at this time in his rookie year, we wouldn't be too thrilled either. Um, probably still did a little more than Quentin Johnson did, but uh, it was right about now when he came on. But I just, like I said, it's just historically guys who do nothing uh, or, you know, not literally nothing, but very little their rookie year don't tend to go on and produce. You have occasional exceptions. Uh, so, and I was, I, I did have Addison over Johnson. Like, yeah, I think you said you had Johnson over Addison. I did have Addison over Johnson, but I was, if I did not have a top seven pick, I was trying to get Johnson everywhere. I, I was a fan. Um, and it's just been disappointing this year, especially considering Mike Williams went out fairly early, uh, it yeah. gave him opportunity and we're still not seeing it. So with Palmer like out too, with both of them, it's not even just oh, like right. yes, Palmer's right. out. Yeah. Like he couldn't beat out Palmer for that second spot, and now he's still not. Well, I guess he had the one touchdown or whatever, and like whatever three catches for twenty-one yards or something. But um, yeah, he can't do it even as the as the the as the two with no other options other than Eckler and and, and Everett out there, right? As the two, he can't do it. What do you what, what do you think, Joe? You you are we, are we out? Uh, I mean, I'm. I'm not just dumping him, but, uh, you know, yeah. at this point, I don't see him any more than really like a, a little bit more than a throw in some deals. If somebody tries to, you know, tout his draft capital, it's in, in trade talks. That's that's a quick no. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Like I said, I'm I'm pretty much there on, on Quentin Johnston. Uh, like I said, if you had told me like Matt said, Matt, uh, Mike Williams and Josh Palmer out and and you have Justin Herbert as your quarterback and you still can't produce uh, unless, unless we see something like he starts going nuts at the end of the year here. Uh, I mean, again, like I, uh, I said earlier, I'm not like, uh, like with Bryce Young, I'm not looking to sell him cause you're going to get nothing. Um, like you said, unless you just use him as a throw in piece, but I, I have, I would have zero interest in acquiring him. you know, quote unquote, buying low after, after this year, uh, 
if he doesn't show me anything over these last four or five games. Uh, at number nine, um, everyone's favorite tight end, uh, you know, coming into that uh, rookie draft in May is Dalton Kincaid. And I, I, I kind of thought it was crazy how high he was going to me. Um, but he's it's it's sort of, he's sort of paying off now. I mean, he had a little bit of a slow start. Um, he has come on, especially in tight end premium leagues. He's had a few uh, twenty point games here. Uh, so, Matt, what do you? I mean, obviously, there's another tight end we're going to talk about in a little bit that is uh, doing doing a little better uh, <laughs> and rated a little higher at this point, I think, in dynasty. But uh, I guess Dalton Kincaid is pretty much what we thought he was, right? Yeah, it, he's gotten better. Um, I mean, I, I I think I have some bias against him. Like I I was, you know, I, I didn't really like his profile coming out, uh, except for that final season, of course, when he was the really the only uh, option in town and for that for that Utah offense, right? Um, and like you said, there's, there's a good one coming up later. I, I had him. I didn't have him as my tight end one coming out. I had Laporta. I'll spoiler alert. Who we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, I had him as my tight end one right ahead of Tank Kincaid. So I, I, I still have it that way. I like Kincaid fine. I have him as my tight end seven right now. So I feel like that's pretty good. You know, I have Laporta, Kelsey, Hawkinson, Andrews uh, still holding on hopes for Pitts for some reason, and then Kittle. All of those guys are above him. But after that, it's it's a uh, Kincaid. So, I mean, you, you can't ask too much more from that from a rookie tight end. And were you, were you high on Kincaid uh, coming out higher, higher than maybe Matt was true. Uh, I'm also biased in the other direction because I'm a, a Bills fan. Uh, but true. I think that's in true. general, in general, objectively looking, I mean, you have a guy that's athletic, that's going to be, you know, joining a Bills team that really hasn't had an established wide receiver too. Um, you know, the concern was, you know, Dawson Knox had, uh, you know, he kind of, featured uh, his game on touchdowns last year. So as soon as uh, Kincaid got the opportunity with Knox being injured, I think he stepped up pretty well. And, um, you know, some of his, his games were boosted by some very short passes. So in those premium leagues, you're definitely seeing probably a little bit better production than really what they're seeing in the box score. But um, yeah, I think uh, I, at this point, if I'm drafting, I, I would still probably have Kincaid. I'd, I'd probably have him around my f- fifth tight end. Uh, I, I will go in with him versus Pitts at this point. Um, sure. I think I've run out of patience on Pitts, and uh, you know I, I like I like Kittle as a player, but if I'm going to pick one of the two, uh, I'll probably go with Kincaid over Kittle as well. Uh, but the other four guys, I certainly can understand having ahead of him, and I, I would, you know, given the choice, probably pick those four guys ahead of him as well. Drew, do you think that it goes back to how it was bo- before, though, when when Knox comes back? That's my I should have mentioned that. That's kind of my biggest concern that both of them are going to be involved again. You know, those first few, I think four or five weeks, we saw him being used almost like Cole Beasley was used, like really low mm-hmm. A dot, really close, low close to the line of scrimmage kind of stuff. And like, it would just suck if he, if he went back to not, maybe not necessarily that kind of role, but lost that like end zone role that he's developed without Knox there. Yeah. I, there's a part of me that wonders if, um, you know, if Knox may move on. I know he's still in the middle of a pretty decent contract. A big so I don't contract, know, yeah. Um, you know, what that really looks like. But uh, I think at this point, whoever gives them the best shot to, to move the ball and, and win, and I think Kincaid will continue to stretch. Um, you know, Knox has typically been a red zone target, which does yeah. hurt a little bit. But, you know, red zone has always been tight because Josh is going to run it in. You know, running backs don't matter. Uh, Diggs will get his. So, uh, I think in the premium at this point, if you can, especially with the premiums, if you can get four or five, six catches a game from Kincaid, even if the ADOT's low, 
Uh, and then he can get some yards after the catch as well, depending on where he catches it. So, uh, which is, um, you know, a, a little better than what Knox typically does. So, so I'm not too concerned about that. Um, if that, if he really scales back, then I could definitely see his value dipping. Um, and I would probably reevaluate, you know, if he's number six or number seven at that point. But I think with what the bills are going to have to do to try to make the push for the playoffs, at least for the rest of this year, even with Knox back, they're going to be throwing so much to either stay in games or try to get ahead of games. So we don't, low leads and lose overtime matches. I think there'll be enough to go around. Okay. So number 10, 110 in the uh, rookie ADP is Zay Flowers, who I was, I was not high on. A lot of people were higher on than him. He's actually, you know, he has looked pretty good. Um, he's been uh, not uh, amazing, but uh, pretty consistently in, in, in double digits and points. And uh, in a lot of games, they're leading target getter, especially at wide receiver, uh, if you take out Andrews. Uh, so I'm curious where you were initially on Zay Flowers, Matt. And I guess I guess if you were uh, – I guess nothing probably is – if unless you were really, really low on them, nothing probably has changed because, like I said, he's not – you know, he's not having a, a bust-out season, but there's nothing negative, to, I think, to really take from this, what we've seen so far. Yeah, I, I had him as a wide receiver three just after – just over Addison, kind of, kind of not really in the same tier, but kind of in the same tier as as, as Addison, uh, a cut above uh, of uh, above Johnston um, for me. So uh, yeah, I, I think he's about the same. If you wanted to buy him now, I think he's in that same range late first. I don't know if anybody really wants to wants to sell him for that, having just paid for it. And you know, he's shown enough. I think that he's going to be a fantasy contributor. I think he, he's clearly the wide receiver one for that team. Um, I don't know. Do you think they add more weapons there? Like it seems like they might have to, unless for some reason, you know, we're, we're still counting on Bateman to, to kind of show up. So I think you're always going to have to worry about that as a lower volume offense, but I think we've seen some, some signs that they're willing to get him the ball and feature him on in certain uh, packages and things like that. They've, they've made an effort to get him involved in all areas of the field. So um, yeah, I don't think anything's really changed. Um, I'd, I'd have to pull up my exact rankings on him, but I think he's somewhere in like the late twenties uh, from some wide receivers right now. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm really disappointed that we haven't seen more from Bateman. I I loved him coming out. Me too, man. I did too. <laughs> and I made the argument that I wasn't as high on Flowers. Like I said, I have zero Flowers because I thought you know he, Bateman had been hurt in both I think of his first uh, couple of years, and I I thought maybe if he stays healthy, he could actually be the wide receiver one there, and that a rookie wasn't necessarily going to be it. But it, it, it I mean. Not that he's a wide receiver one for fantasy, but he basically is the wide receiver one there. So, uh, Drew, uh, any thoughts on Flowers, or you want to move on to the next guy here? Uh, I was definitely low on him, and I think mostly because of the the low volume offense, and we just haven't seen a wide receiver dominate in in Baltimore. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm definitely more in now than I was a year He's ago. Good. Uh, and number we'll go to number 11 because uh, we're we're definitely taking a, a decent amount of time on the first round here and i do want to get to some of the other guy the the, lo- the lower level guys uh before we finish here but uh will levis was at 111 in superflex drafts a guy i was very 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 low on uh he, he looked great in that first game i think it was like four touchdowns or something like that yeah. been kind of uh up and down since then uh 
are, are you interested? In, I, I still am not really in on Levis. I, I, I'm not, I still don't see, I, I don't ever see him being a consistent, uh, definitely not consistent top quarterback. And I'm just, no. I'm not even convinced he's, he's going to be much, you know, going forward in terms of even getting the start. Like he might he probably the starter next year, I would assume. Cause the, the, you know, it's just, I'm not sure what Tannehill's contract situation is, but I think they can get out. Uh, and I don't know what else they're gonna they're gonna really get. They're not bad enough to get a you know super high end quarterback. So uh, I'll, I'll throw it back again to you, Drew, on Levis, and then and then then to Matt. Would, uh, it sounds like you were kind of where I was on Levis. Um, had in had the, zero the zero Levis. If he was you know the the highest or the best option there at, at, at the drafts, I was trading back at that point, or I was going after him. Probably a couple of the guys that we're gonna talk about in a minute here. So uh, I just hope if you if you had him. Uh, I hope you cashed in after that first first game with four touchdowns. What about you, Matt? Yeah, the same. The only the only Levis share I had was on a team that had uh, it was a, an auction rookie draft, and I had basically like eighty percent of the money. I ended up with Levis, um, and I moved him right after that game. I think it was Levis and um, I think it was Levis and Puka Nakua, and for Tyreek Hill, he, he, came, he became a strong contending team. Uh, with that move and you know since since that big game we've had 9.7 points 7 points 12 and a half and 7.1 mm-hmm. points last week so uh i'm not you know i i think he's in a little bit of a similar situation to to bryce young the offensive line is not good Ty, uh, uh um geez uh Traylon burks has not really worked out i still have nope. still have hopes for him but you know <laughs> it doesn't seem likely at this point and deandre hobson's is good but that is not the kind of offense um you know that 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 quarterback is going to really flourish in i don't think uh so he's a he's a big play kind of gunslinger kind of guy and they're not they don't they don't really have the weapons for him to kind of play that style of offense and they're not ever going to do that as long as okay. as henry is there right so um I, I i i would say i have more hopes now than i did in the pre-draft process but you know still probably at, at best like a, a back end like quarterback 24 kind of uh, super flex kind of quarterback at, at his absolute ceiling. I think at this point, more likely a bye week injury fill in if he's even a starter next season, like you said. Yep. Uh, and the next guy is a little more interesting to me um, because he was so good for such a short amount of time. He's only got really three starts on the year um, between not really getting the ball in the first couple of games and then being hurt since. Um, but he's, he's looked so great and so fun to watch on the field when, when he's been out there uh devin a chan uh who who corrected us all on his name as we were calling him a chain for months um devin a chan uh was the 112 uh on uh the adp i i was actually not super high on a chan coming out uh i didn't love him as a runner and i was wrong um, but uh I do love him now. I actually have a, a quite a few shares just because in that range, we're talking Zay Flowers, Will Levis, and I didn't love them either. So no. I, I ended up going for the running back over those guys. Um, and I actually have a little bit of this next guy too, who's not doing as well, but uh, Drew, uh, how were, how did you feel about A-Chan and what, like, how are you valuing him now? Are you valuing him as like a, a potent, you know, an RB one based on what we saw earlier. I, obviously, he's he was the RB one over those three games. I don't think I yeah. even expect that. But are you valuing as an RB one going forward? I do like him in that offense with McDaniel. That I mean, it's it, yeah, it's a lot of interesting stuff going on with him. So, what do you think? 
Yeah, I, I think my my hope was he'd get an opportunity in a, an offense where he could, you know, have some space based on the other weapons around him. So it was pretty wild to see what he did in that three game stretch, and I, I did not have enough at that point. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know value right now. It's man, it's so tough because Bill and I just talked about this yesterday too. The difference between his first game back from injury and Kyron Williams' first game back from injury. <laughs> And what that did for you know each of their respective values, at least in, in perception, right? Um, so I think this week will tell a lot uh, after being pulled early in the last game and having some extended rest. Hopefully he gets you know decent usage um, and can be efficient with that again. Uh, yeah, if somebody's coming trying to get him from me, I'm still probably treating him uh, like a back end RB one uh, as far as value goes. I mean, just when you go down the list of guys that are there. I mean, it's, it's pretty wild to see some of the, the names that are uh, in terms of the points, uh, whether you go by points per game or you go by total points for the season. So uh, a guy that can hit a home run like that for you on eight to 12 touches, hard not to want that kind of player, uh, depending on your build, right? I think most of us got him as an additional running back. Most of us were not drafting A-Chan as our second running back necessarily, or uh, certainly not as our RB1. So he was really a nice surprise for a lot of folks. People say, I've got a starter now. What about you, Matt? Where where are you at on HN? Yeah, I'm I'm uh, irresponsibly high on HN. I have him as my <laughs> running back three <laughs> currently. I just I, I I've seen enough. I I've seen enough with the fit, the, the player that he is. We have to remember this is a player with Olympic level speed, ran a 10-2 second hundred meter. Uh, you just wow. see, despite the size concerns, he's got power, strength, contact balance. He just blasts through arm tackles. You see him creating extra yardage at the end of runs, um, like a like a bigger back does. To me, he's he's it. If you don't have Bijan, you don't have Gibbs, and you know I think you can throw McCaffrey and Brees Hall into that as well for that for those next few spots. Um, but I mean, he has as much ceiling as, as any of those guys, and I think he's a he's a he's a significant cut above the next guys like Etn and Walker and Taylor and Barkley, and then you get into Eckler and the older guys. So um, he's he's right there in that top five uh, with without question for me. Yeah, and I, I think I'm with you, Matt. Like I said, like I, I wasn't high on it coming out, but I, I think I tend to do this with guys if they if they surprise me, they turn me around quick. I I just. I think what you said, would you say irresponsibly high? I think that's kind of where yeah. I am too. Um, like if you impress, like I think maybe just because my expectations were so low, and then when he comes out and does what he does, it just it wows me, and I and I and I and, I, and then I end up actually falling in love with the guy I didn't like coming out. So I, I'm kind of with you. Um, I, I think we're going to see more of this if he can just. That's the only issue if he can stay healthy. Uh, you know, we like to say injury prone isn't a thing. So hopefully it's not a continuing uh, problem with him. But and they've even said, like, I think that last game when they pulled him, they were being cautious more than anything. Uh, so hopefully he can stay healthy going forward and be a big factor down the stretch here. Uh, so we'll get into the second round. We'll try and move through these guys a little faster. Um I, I don't even know if I'll just go name my name. I, I might pick a handful of guys in this round. Uh, but uh, the first pick was a guy I had a lot of just because I liked the talent and it was not a good situation. And it has turned out not to be a good situation uh, as we kind of expected. Um, so I, I wasn't expecting a ton year one. But even uh, as Zach Sharman is the guy I'm talking about, um, has gotten a little bit of an opportunity here. Um, we haven't seen too much yet. 
so, but I, I did love them on film. So, Matt, what about you? Were you did you like Charbonnet coming out? And are you, how do you evaluate him going forward, knowing Ken Walker's there? I, I I loved him coming out, and I still love him. I think I think maybe we're selling him a little bit short. You know, he, he's he's finally got an opportunity with Walker out the last last couple of weeks in the the, the Monday night game, or excuse me, the Thursday night game is playing right now. He's got a touchdown. He, he, we have to we have to consider the 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 draw he's gotten coming uh, into this starter role. He started with the 49ers last week. He's got the Cowboys tonight. He's got the 49ers next week. He's got the Eagles the week after that. He's got the Titans the week after that. This is just kind of a murderer's row of, of run defenses that he's going to face here at the end of the season. And I think that's going to permit present a tremendous buying opportunity going into the off season. Um, you know, I, he's, he's already captured the, even when Ken Walker was healthy, he already captured the passing game part of the role. Uh, he, they showed a uh, willingness to use him on short yardage roles uh, near the goal line. So it may be a split backfield, but I feel like Charbonnet is going to take over the lead and, and really, uh, Walker is going to become that not necessarily a change of pace, more like the one B the guy that's going to provide those, those explosive plays. Um, but not necessarily the guy who's going to, who's going to be the every down between the tackles kind of runner every single time. Uh, uh not just not as consistent a player as Charbonnet and he can't do his do, do the whole entire role like Charbonnet can. So, um, I don't know. Uh, you sound down on him, Rocky, but for me, I, I feel like he's he's shown up enough. He's played at least half of the snaps, and uh, basically since week seven, uh, in the last two weeks, he's 85%, 87%. He's probably going to be there around there again this week in, in, in week 13 uh, when all is said and done. So uh, I, I, I still like him. I still like him just fine. Well, uh, just curious, uh, do you know kind of where you have him in your, your tiers for I, running back at this point? I have him. I probably need to adjust him a little bit. Right now, I have him running back fourteen. He's just behind uh, Javante Williams, just ahead of Ramondre Stevenson, uh, DeAndre Swift, Rashad White, kind of that range at the top of yeah. that kind of tier. So yeah, yeah, I think he's a fringe running back one. You know, like high end running back two, low end running back yeah uh, one. You know, as these older guys are. You know, I mean, I don't know. Eckler gonna be twenty nine next year. Uh, Kamara's twenty eight now. Yeah. He's gonna be twenty nine next yep. year. Like so, I just I think there's room for him to move up, and we have a rookie class coming in where we're not even sure necessarily. I, th I think there's a lot of people who think they know who the running back one is, but I feel like it's kind of a, a dark throw at this point between a handful of guys. So. You know, I think he's he's right in this like running back thirteen to sixteen range, pretty solidly. Nice, yeah. If you it's were just uh, the position, you know, man, the position is just garbage. So it's tough, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it feels like it's just kind of muddled after you get past the first few. So, um, but yeah, I, I like that view, and I like the idea of looking ahead. Right, we're talking about dynasty here, so if you have an opportunity to go and and add him for. Uh, from another team that is maybe lower or maybe is feels like they've got a surplus at running back and he's a little bit more expendable. Uh, I like that idea of trying to add him in. Would, and, and... would you rather have Charbonnet or Tony Pollard? Oof. Uh, man, that's tough. Um, I would probably say Charbonnet. Yeah, I have I have Pollard like four for, spots ahead right now, but I feel like I could easily flop flop. I think for the next couple of years that that feels better. Um, I think so too. I mean, I don't think Pollard's been exactly what we were hoping for this year. He's had, uh, I feel like I, I don't have his stats in front of me, but I feel like quite a few down games um, to go yeah. along with his upside Very games. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, 
let's uh, i'm gonna try and speed round this second round uh because we aren't like 50 minutes into the podcast and we've only done one round so <laughs> um, i'm gonna skip over some guys and maybe just talk about some of the more interesting ones yeah um the we talked about him earlier he's actually down at the end of the second round because i think um dlf is not tight end premium with these super flex uh, rookie mocks um but he was going in the top few picks i think in almost every tight end premium uh league in the second round sam laporta we talked about him earlier uh is, is he the is he the tight end two matt he's the tight end one for me because of kelsey's age yeah yeah so um so what about you you have him as the tight end one drew uh, I, I think I still had Andrews, uh, slightly ahead. Okay. And where, 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 so Laporte, how, how much do you need to add to Pitts to get to Laporta? Uh, gosh, that's for lot. me, it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and that's from a guy he loves and he loves Pitts. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think it's at least a first, like, yeah. Yeah, because I remember early in the season we were seeing Pitts Laporta. Uh, just yeah, after the first couple games, like Pitts Laporta polls on on, on Twitter, and uh, it it was it was close. I don't think it would be close now. <laughs> no. Okay, so um, going back to the actual list, funny enough, even though this is I believe is not a tight end premium, um, like I said, ADP. Uh, well ahead of Laporta, uh, like three picks into the second round is Michael Mayer, who we haven't seen a lot from. Um, so Matt, you said Laporta was your tight end one. I assume Kincaid was two. You had both ahead of Mayer. Yes, yes. Uh, and, for this class, yeah. So how how did you feel about Mayer coming uh, coming out? Because I, I I like to ask you that question because I know you, you you dive into these rookies uh you know on the DLF pod and things like that. So um, where were you at on them coming out? And we've seen a, a one or two flash games, but but not a lot. Yeah, I I just I felt he like he he feels like the kind of guy who could be you know the tight end you know, nine to 12 every year for the next decade, right. In terms of end of year scoring. Um, so I, I just kind of felt like he was going to be, he's going to be a fine player, but not really a difference maker at the position. Right. Uh, it's really hard to predict tight end success, but the most, uh, the best, the best job we do right now is with uh, athletic testing. And, you know, he was, he wasn't not athletic, but he wasn't as athletic as guys like Laporta and, and Kincaid and, uh, I guess we didn't actually see testing numbers from Kincaid, but from what we assumed, Kincaid would have tested. So, uh, yeah, like I, I like him just fine, but he's not someone that was reaching. And then also we knew he was going to be behind uh, Austin Hooper, presumably, and that worked out for most of the season and then also just a terrible offense as well. So it felt like it was going to be a slow burn no matter what, uh, whereas those other guys had certainly have a chance and have proven that they can produce earlier in their career. So I think that was really the the separation for me. Okay. And uh, Drew, um, next guy um, that I'm going to bring up here was the 205 overall. And I feel like he was a almost a bigger name before he came out, like in Debbie circles, at least from what I could tell, um, is Josh Downs. Uh, but he's actually looked looked very good. Like he's exceeded my expectations. Again, not Same. that he's 
um, you know, going crazy here, wide receiver one numbers, but uh, he's looked very good, especially given the QB situation, a rookie QB to start the year. Then Gardner Minshew comes in and uh, he's obviously had some down games too, as all rookies are going to do. But uh, what, what are your thoughts on downs? And is this, is this the range you were drafting coming out? And, and do you feel he's increased at all? Or is he basic? I mean, you're not getting obviously at first, but, and this is a two Oh five that we're talking about, but uh, what, where are you at on him? Yeah, I, he's he's better than what I was expecting. He's uh, performed better than what I had expected. So uh, I actually only had him in a couple of leagues, uh, mostly because I co-manage those leagues, and my my partner is probably a little sharper than I am in that space. So uh, in most cases, I was actually probably going after uh, Marvin Mims around the same place or even uh, instead of downs um, just because I was expecting – uh, Pittman to hopefully you know step up a bit, and then with Taylor coming back, uh, wasn't sure what that was going to look like with Richardson, and then if Richardson was going to run some. So uh, yeah, I, I did not really get him in a lot of uh, teams because I, I wasn't really super high on him coming out. Um, but yeah, I think at this point, seeing what he's done as a rookie, and I think some of those indicators show that hopefully there's a you know a path to being pretty relevant down the road. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, like I said, I, I like a lot of what we've seen. Um, and he's a nice guy to have. I, I, he's a guy I wouldn't mind maybe, um, you know, if you need like a second round value thrown into a deal or something, a high second round value, try and get him added on or something like that. I don't know that I'm, uh, like just trying to acquire him everywhere or anything like that, but a nice guy to add to a package. I think, uh, Matt, two guys I'm going to ask you about quick. Um, Drew mentioned one Marvin Mims. Uh, I know I remember at least earlier in the year seeing a lot on Twitter about really good peripherals for him um, and they just were not using him. Um, and he, it's kind of tailed off since then because he's done even less <laughs> since then. Um, but I know a lot of people were high on him coming out. And then I also wanted your thoughts on, uh, cause it's a guy, I remember we had uh, Ryan McDowell on trade addicts and uh, it might've been junkie. I forget which one, one of them. And he was, he was very high on Jaden Reed. Um, so I wanted to get your thoughts on those two guys. Yeah, I was high on both of those guys. Uh, certainly Reed has worked out to some extent. Mar Marvin Mims hasn't. He's, you know, I mean, let's, he's had games where he spiked to 70. I think he, I think maybe two where he had 70 plus percent of the routes, but on the season, he's somewhere around 40% of the, of the routes on the season. So he just really hasn't gotten the usage in those limited workload games. You know, we saw those big uh, plays that he's capable of. And for whatever reason, they just haven't integrated them into the offense. It's, been incredibly frustrating to see like little Jordan Humphrey getting snaps <laughs> over him at times, right? Like, uh, it's just it's just a very very weird situation there. So I don't really know what to do with him. You 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 would think that Judy moves on after this season. You we thought he might uh, move on this season through a trade, or Sutton would have been traded, but Sutton's got the big contract. So I, I don't know. It, it, it doesn't really seem like he's buried. It seems like he could have a role if they wanted him with the current setup. So you're just really banking on that that role is going to improve and uh, the consistency happened with Reed. Like he was just, I, I just, just love the pick as a, as a Packers fan because he's a, he's a kind of the do it all kind of player. Like he's not 
he doesn't really have a, a calling card, so to speak, except for his versatility. Uh, he's shown the ability to catch touchdowns in the end zone. He's taking handoffs out of the backfield. He's making short area catches while the other guys run de- the deeper routes. Uh, he's run deep routes himself from the slot. So, like, he's shown everything. I don't ever think he's going to be an alpha, but as, like, a nice, like, complementary player to hopefully Watson continues to develop. But I think Re- – I said at the beginning of, of the season on the DLF show, like, I think he's the best wide receiver uh, from, like from a player that knows how to play the wide receiver position, he's the best one on the team already as a rookie. Um, and I think there's still a chance he leads that team in, in targets and receptions, uh, even from this late stage. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I love Reed, uh, and I think uh, he's going to be a value this offseason. Yeah, I've been pleasantly surprised by him. And like I said, I think this was even before the season um, that that Ryan had mentioned him. And so I've always been kind of keeping an eye on him. And, and yeah, he looks he looks really good out there. Uh, so we will get to a couple of these late round guys here who are maybe uh, the, the two of the biggest names to come out of the 2023 draft so far in terms of actual uh, production here. Uh, in the third round um, at the 311 in the ADP was Tank Del Drew. Uh, I, I loved the name. I was not expecting this. Um, I think I have one Tank Dell share in like 35 leagues. I, I have I, so, I, many. <laughs> so many. Yeah, I, I thought you had liked him. So I'll let you both talk about him. But Drew, I'll let you start. What, like, what, what is Tank Dell worth? Like, when you have a guy like, and we're going to talk about another one in a minute that comes out of. Uh, almost nowhere and and produces like this uh as, as a, a later round pick uh and now he's tied we talked about it earlier he's tied to to cj stroud um who looks amazing so how how you how are you valuing tank dell now you know it's a third round pick but uh he's you know balled out yeah guy i wish i had um <laughs> i got uh i got duped by uh tutu atwell so i think i uh, <laughs> got a little gun shy seems uh you know a smaller profile again but um just saw in one of my leagues uh pretty strong contender sent uh two guys we just talked about josh downs marvin mims and i think a third to get tank dell back from a team that's um kind cheap. of rebuilding just just looking for pieces um so you know i think there's a, a range of evaluations there i think you know dell's got to be worth close to a first at this point, right? That's what I was going to say. He's already earned late first, I think, to me, which I don't think Josh Downs, Marvin Mims in the third is a late, is equivalent to a late first. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think he's, he, I think you got to pay late first. Uh, Matt, what about you? What uh, you said you had a ton of shares, so you obviously must've liked him coming out. Yeah, I have him as a, I, th- I think a wide receiver seventeen or something like that in dynasty. I, I, I think he's 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 close to. A, he may not be a two first player yet, but he's. I think he's getting close to that range. Wow. Um. I. I just. I just think he's an. He's incredible, and like I've. I've liked him despite the size. You know, that's the thing we always heard. I hope this kind of puts a nail in the the coffin of like the size concerns. I thought we did that with Devonte Smith, but I really did kind of did a deep deep dive on size this offseason with Tank Dell. And I came up with three reasons why size might be important. One was contested catchability against the bigger defenders. Tank Dell was seven for 13 in, in his final season in college on contested catch opportunities, despite that diminutive size. Uh, compared that to Quentin Johnson, who was just eight of 23, despite being six inches taller and 40 pounds heavier. Uh, 
injury. He never missed an injury or never missed a game in college because of injury. He's missed one, maybe two games this year. One would think was concussion related. So I don't want to necessarily hold that back. And then the second, the last one was the ability to play on the outside and be a threat in the, in the, in the end zone. He scored 17 touchdowns this final season at Houston and you can say it's a gimmicky offense or whatever but if you watch that film he was getting open on outside routes he was getting open on, on, on back shoulder fades in the end zone uh, and he's showing the ability to play on the perimeter in the NFL despite that 5-8 size mm-hmm. so uh, I have I have no questions about, about Tank Dell at this point he has an incredible quarterback we've seen the connection that they have if he's going to have a top quarterback he's going to be a primary target in the offense I mean you, you think they're going to add weapons probably but nobody's ever going to take that slot role from him he's he's just open every single time he runs a route so um, yeah I, I freaking love the guy yeah, that's the point I made too. That they're, they're going to add weapons, but I still think you don't you don't produce this much, and he's just going to like step aside once they add another good receiver or something like that. You know, it's kind of like uh, not not that they're the same kind of player, but like Devonte Smith um, was the guy for a year in Philly here, and then they added AJ Brown. It's not like Devonte Smith fell off the face of the earth. So he was just a good uh, last season, wasn't he? Like almost yeah, to the. Exactly. I think he had more targets, maybe something even. Yes, exactly. So, I mean, a lot of times good players can make other good players better. It improves the whole offense, that kind of thing. So um, one more guy, uh, not in the first, I copied and pasted the first four rounds on the sheet and he's not even in there. He, he, I, I had to write it in at the 507 in the ADP, uh, Matt, is Puka Nakua. So surprising. Yeah. Surprising, I'm surprising that was that low. Uh, like, it I, I don't think draft. he went. I don't think he went undrafted in any leagues that I went in, and I, I don't play in any leagues that draft more than four rounds. So, yeah, I, I saw him going largely in the fourth, but yes, I don't think he went undrafted either. So, uh, I'm 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 kind of with him. Um, I I'm I was sort of where you are with Tank, but the more I, I have kind of thought about it, um, I, I do think he's going to be a good player going forward. Um, but Tank has some uh, just situation uh, advantages that I think Puka doesn't sure. um, in that, you know, he's tied to C.J. Stroud. That quarterback situation is is solidified for years to come, whereas Puka's tied to Stafford right now. We don't know uh, how much longer he's going to play. He's always having injury issues. Every year people think he's going to retire. Uh, so, but I mean, I, I think it's clear Puka is a good player. I mean, the way he started was like historic. He, I remember he had like 35 targets over his first couple of games or something like that. Um, so uh, where, I'm curious, I guess you said you had Tank Dell at wide receiver, wide receiver 17. Where do you have Puka? I was looking to confirm that uh, real quick for you. Um, I actually have Tank at wide receiver Four, 14, I think. No, 15. And Puka, it's, it's just right behind him at, at 16. So uh, that might be that might be changing. You know, we did see when Cooper Cup first came back that they could coexist. But with Stafford, you know, kind of not being super healthy. Um, you know, Neither it, one's it, really it, existing it, it, right now. <laughs> exactly. Neither one are. It's it's Kyron Williams' world, right? Like that's, yeah. that's that's the offense right now. So I still think what we saw earlier this earlier this season is not something that that just goes away. I think he is a very yeah. very good player. Um, you know, maybe more like a high end wide receiver two though than a than a than a back end wide receiver one something like that. that. That's kind of the, that's the comparison I've been making ever since like the, the the first month or so he broke out is that he's he could be like Rams uh 
not again, not saying same player, just in terms of production, uh, Robert Woods. Like sure. he yeah. was always that guy that was in that low end one, high end two range in terms of production uh, for years uh, there with Cup, uh, even with Cup producing the way he was. So uh, is, is that basically where you're at on Puka, uh, Drew? And 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 wh- what about him? Is he, is he is he higher than Tank for you or lower? No, he is he's lower. And I, I was um I, I'm kind of the opposite of you, Rocky. It takes a little longer for somebody to uh, <laughs> really impress me and you know kind of catch my attention that way, um, in most positions. So uh I think he is solidifying himself as a very good wide receiver. He's a guy I'd, I'd love to have um on my team because he's he's bonus points, right? You you certainly use a dart throw when you got him. Um I had him in a couple leagues, traded him away in one uh to get I think I added a little bit uh, to get Garrett Wilson back, uh, which I felt good about that. That's I think we're in that sleeper league together because um, I, I just prefer Garrett Wilson by a good bit um, as a player. Mm-hmm. So w- while Puka's value was still significantly higher, I, I decided to make that switch out. I like um, that, actually, yeah. But overall, yeah, it. I think Tank Dell, for me at this point, has uh, a has a growing gap between him and, and Puka Nakua. Yeah, and I, I I really like that trade you said. Like Garrett Wilson is is if he once he gets a quarterback, he's he's going to be ridiculous. So um, he's you know he's he's producing um, pretty well. You know, on a the way Puka is basically producing, if not better, in some weeks um, without a quarterback. So um, I, I yeah, Garrett Wilson, I'll take all day over Puka. Um, and then the last, before we finally move on from this, uh, Matt, I just wanted to ask you, is there anybody in these other two rounds that I threw onto the sheet, if you have it up in front of you, that you wanted to talk about before we move on uh, and uh, start finding some trades and stuff like that? Um, I mean, you covered the exciting ones. Uh, we didn't really talk about Luke Musgrave, but his en- before his injury, he was looking like kind of like the real deal. Just the entire Packers, Packers offense was kind of cratering at that point. If Love actually becomes a quarterback, maybe he's going to be something. We saw saw uh, uh, Tucker Craft also have a, a – I think he had a touchdown grab in the first game that Musgrave uh, missed. So, um, you know, those guys are very interesting. Roshan Johnson's been very interesting at times. Tajay Spears, I think, looks incredible. He just can't uh, – uh, get the role that we need him to. And then I think the biggest disappointment, I don't know about you guys, I would say the biggest disappointment for me from this class so far uh, has been Tank Bigsby. I thought he was yes, really going to kind of a 1B role, that. but uh, yeah. Yeah, I actually I actually drafted him in a reach late in a redraft league. That's how excited oh, me I too. was about him. I got him a lot of best ball yeah. copies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and he just was nothing. I would, I had to drop him a while ago. Um, that they, They're just not giving him any work. But Okay, so um, real quick, we um, I know Andrew loves to throw these listener league updates on here, so we'll go through them real quick. Um, Dynasty Junkies won. Um, me and Andrew's team is tied for first. Woo! Um, with uh, uh, our, our our good buddy uh, Jerry Shea FF um, and uh, DJ Two. Um, I'm rebuilding with Scott, uh, former host Scott Sidlow. Uh, we're not doing too great. Uh, which uh, are you, are you in one of these leagues, Drew? Yeah, I think I'm in two. Okay, and we we don't. I don't think he threw you on there. Um, he mentioned Andrew. Um, uh, is uh, Andrew Ember's team is in first at nine and two, um, and uh, our Andrew Andrew Hall is seven and four with fifteen victory points. Where are you at in junkies too? 
right behind you. <laughs> yes, Josh we are. Meyer, uh, we are not. Yeah, in. we are not. Uh, we 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 tried to to contend coming out of the gate, and it fell apart. And this is year two of the league, and yeah, just, uh, we're we're rebuilding. We like what we got. We have, we have uh, we have Richardson and Fields, so um, we're 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 not doing well, obviously, with those two guys banged up this year. Uh, but uh, it, it's moving well going forward. And then in Dynasty Junkies three. Um, we have a team that was uh, co-managed by all three of the the hosts before Drew came on, me, Scott, and Andrew, um, and we went win now there too, and we are tied for second there. So, um, and uh, at the best Tucker on Twitter is the team that's in the lead there. So, congratulations to him. Uh, we also use victory points in that league, and uh, he's a couple ahead of us in, in second. So. Uh, and then real quick before we get to find me a trade, we always like to kind of spotlight maybe one of the trades from the Junkies Leagues. And Andrew put one on here that he actually made um, in DJ2, uh, which is DK Metcalf and a 24 second uh, for, uh, and I think that's a late second, that team, uh, but I'm not positive about that. And then he sent that for AJ Dillon and Jordan Addison. So Matt, what do you, what do you think about that trade? It's uh, it's a, basically, it's similar uh, to trade addict scoring. It's 14 teams though. Um, I don't think that really matters here that much. Uh, 14 teams, super flex. Uh, I think it's 2.0 in premium, which again, doesn't matter. So why am I bothering to mention it? But <laughs> Matt, what do you think of this trade? Um, well, I still have, I, I probably, I don't know if I'm, I might be the minority here, but I still have, have DK slightly above Addison and I don't think Dylan has really any value. So I'm probably taking the DK side, but I, I think it's, it's probably fair if you were to plug it into like a trade finder or something or a, a trade analyzer or something like that I think it'd probably come back pretty fair. Um, I just prefer DK to Addison is really the thing. Yeah, and I, I think those two are close. I, I I think I kind of agree with you that he's slightly over Addison, but even if you have them even, I, the second for me tips it over because I'm with you. I I don't value Dylan very much at all. Are, are you on that same page, Drew? Uh, you know me. I'm taking the pick. But no, overall, <laughs> DK just – DK just scored his third touchdown of the of the night, by the oh, way. Well, there you go. Yeah. It's a slam yeah. dunk now. <laughs> Yeah, also go Seahawks up one over the Cowboys here with uh, wow. some time to go. Yeah. But what about you? you you're taking the, the – yeah, you are taking the, the DK and the pick side? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, okay, so that brings us into the segment we always like to finish with every week, um, which is our Find Me a Trade segment. Uh, I got to – pull up brian because we can't start it without brian so be a trade there we go okay so uh this week's uh submission was by matt atkinson uh at matt atkinson 1986 on twitter um and uh drew if you want to just go over the settings and uh his thoughts on the team and then i'll i'll kind of read off the roster for those people listening sure so this is a 12 team super flex uh ppr scoring it uh, doesn't look like any kind of tight end premium. Starting 11, uh, but nine offensive players. So quarterback, couple of running backs, couple of wide receivers, a tight end, two flexes and a super flex. And then you have a kicker in defense still. Um, so Matt's thoughts are he's 8-2 and two so far this season, win now mode, and traded for Gibbs, McBride, and Hall recently. 
Uh, he's been lucky with some of his original draft pieces, so now he's got a stacked roster with uh, Puka Nakua, Dalton Kincaid, Roshan Johnson still on taxi, as well as a few on IR. Uh, looking for who to let go and for what picks, or can I get two or three players bundled for a better asset somewhere? Okay, and as we'll talk about in a minute, he's got a pretty good team here. Uh, he's got Geno Smith, and as he said, he's, he, this was submitted a couple weeks ago. He's eight and two. I, we fortunately sleeper, we don't have the uh, standings. We get uh, a kind of a, a snapshot of the rosters, um, but uh, his team is looking pretty good. Geno Smith, Lamar Jackson, Jordan Love versus quarterbacks uh, at running back. He's got, like he said, Brees Hall. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, Jalen Warren, Jerome Ford, David Montgomery, and Raheem Mostert, all as startable players, as well as other a couple other guys. Uh, wide receiver, he's got AJ Brown, Amon Ross St. Brown, uh, Puka Nakua, um, Hollywood Brown, a lot of Browns, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's pretty much it as far as the really startable guys. Oh, he's got Jerry Judy in there as well. And then a tight end, uh, three good young tight ends and Dalton Kincaid, Trey McBride, and uh, potentially Michael Mayer, and then his defense and kicker, which we don't really care about. <laughs> he's got his second – or somebody else's second-round pick this year, uh, as well as his uh, – all. Uh, first and two seconds and 25. Uh, so that's where he's coming from with the team. Uh, obviously he's contending. It was eight and two, a couple, a few weeks ago. Um, and uh, Matt, I'll let you go first here. Cause I know you got to cut out soon. So I, if, if we take too long bab- blabbing about these trades, we can let you go, but I wanted you to start and get yours in. Um, yeah, sure. I, I, I really, I won't spoil it, but I really liked what Drew said about going after CMC. I do it in a different way. Um, but I thought the other path you could go is, is upgrade that quarterback two situation. Um, because I mean, like you guys said, the team is, is already very good. The real, the whole is Geno Smith or Jordan Love. You're, you know, you're rolling the dice each week at quarterback two and a super flex there. You're probably going to pick wrong every week. Like I, I have that combo in a couple of spots and, uh, I, 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 f- I feel like I pick wrong almost every single week. So <laughs> if you could package, I mean, it, it does hurt your depth a little bit. So if you, if you're somebody that likes to have three or four quarterbacks uh, at all times, it's probably not the move for you, but I really like trying to package both of those guys who are quarterbacks that are, if we're talking about ADP or in the, like the late teens, early twenties kind of range, packing both packaging, both of those guys. And you're probably going to have to send your, your first in, in 2025. He doesn't have a 2024 first and, you know, picks two years out. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I probably treat them as less valuable as I should, but it has a first in the front of it. So if you give both those kind of quarterback twos and that first, I bet you could go to the team that has Kyler Murray um, and, and maybe make a deal there. He has his quarterbacks are Ryan Tannehill, DTR, uh, Jacoby Brissett, Joshua Dobbs, Kyler, Jaron Hall, and Hendon Hooker. So he's got one starter. Maybe Dobbs hangs on and starts for um, starts next year for Minnesota. You know, I guess that's possible. But right now, it looks like he has one. So this is a, could be a way to solidify that. And then if you look at the team that has um, Jalen Hurts, his only other real quarterback is Matt Jones. He he also has Jake Browning and Tommy DeVito, I guess. Um, but if if Mac Jones isn't going to start in 2024, then he's looking pretty rough there with just Jalen Hurts. So maybe you can make make a similar offer for him. He's obviously going to be a little bit more expensive than Kyler. Um, but, you know, starting Lamar Jackson and uh, Jalen Hurts or Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray every week to go with those running backs and that receiver crew you've built up like that seems like it could go a long way to really finishing off your title run here. 
Yeah, I, I like this, and I, I'm someone who's not that worried about going with two quarterbacks. Uh, you can get away with one quarterback for a week on their bye week, this, things like that. I, I believe that until this season, Rocky. That's and then true, this that's season, true. we had 74 quarterbacks get <laughs> yes, rostered, and we're starting Tommy DeVito in some weeks. So, yes, uh, you're, you have a point <laughs> there. But uh, going forward, I think it might even out a little bit. I do think you could probably have a better chance with the Kyler Achan one. Yeah, I do. Hurt. I think so, yeah, too. It's so valuable. And I think, I think Kyler is still undervalued because he's still just came oh, back. Too. And I don't mm-hmm. think he's gotten a big bounce back even with playing now uh in terms of value it's it's more than it was you know three months ago but it's uh, it's not what I think it will be say next year or something like that so he's he's still the cheapest injury I think until that that top I mean that the very top tier of quarterbacks but you know that second tier yeah what about you Drew uh why don't you uh, give your thoughts on Matt's trade and then you can you can go into yours yeah, I, I struggle with this, and I I, I uh, appreciate Matt's perspective there because yeah, I was kind of going, looking at um, you know, I I want to go after uh, an elite asset to put you over the top here because like we said, it says start eleven, but kicker and, and defense don't really matter, so it's start nine. So you're starting um, you know, the top hundred and eight players every week. So you want to get consolidated in the top end, um, and you'd rather have you know a couple of really really top end guys and then mix in a few others that could spike so um if you could get to cmc and you know i, I put Brees and, and judy maybe initially here but the bottom line is i'm trying to give a few pieces to get to one stud uh so running back was a pretty clear you know if you can get cmc from the team that has him because he's wasting away there that team is clearly in a rebuild and uh depending on how they do rookie draft and stuff if it's potential points Maybe they're more motivated, but I did see quarterback as another opportunity. I just didn't, um, you know, look, uh, I guess, hard enough to see some of those opportunities to go and get QB2 upgrade. Um, but, yeah, I think getting a, a strong QB1, QB2 combo would be really nice for the playoffs as well. I like that. I, I love going after CMC there. I just think I would want to keep Brees. Like, because if you can start, he could start all three of those guys. He could start Gibbs, mm-hmm. he could start Brees, and he could start CMC. So if you could do it, like giving up the picks and I, I put down yeah. maybe one of the tight ends. Cause that team, if I remember right, didn't have uh, I can't find it right now, but if I remember right, they had, they had a little bit of an issue at tight end. So if you can do one of those, like Kincaid is really buzzy with the first and a yeah. second, and then you start all three of those guys, you wouldn't need to make yeah. that quarterback. It seems right. like maybe this team um, is also maybe a bills fan. Cause they have the bills defense oh. and Tyler Bass. There you go. <laughs> so, you, you know, go. Kincaid, and there's no premium. Wait, this trade. isn't you, is it, Drew? This isn't you, is it? Am I trying to talk? Am I trying to negotiate a trade with this guy and you? And I was just gonna say, an issue at tight end is an understatement. His best tight end is maybe Noah Fan. So that—that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah, I like that. Okay, um, uh, yeah, I really like the, the the CMC thing too. Um, but I went in a different direction, although similar train of thought. Um, because that was the first thing that came to my mind as well, as well, Drew, is that this is really nine starters. Um, so I want elite assets, uh, because like you said, the kicker and D really don't matter, they're super variable. Um, and nine offensive starters. I tried to get elite talent. He's obviously contending this year. So I put down to trade um, Trey McBride and who we've seen nice flashes from this year um, is looking like a nice young up and coming tight end for, and a 25 first to the team life Ertz for Kelsey. Um, again, it's not tight end premium, but Kelsey's elite in any format. And he's got, th- as I mentioned, when I ran down the roster, he's got three, like really, you know, 
good prospect young tight ends, Kincaid, uh, McBride, and Mayer. So uh, he can afford to let one go, uh, get an old guy in Kelsey who's producing, going to produce a bunch of points. And he's still got Kincaid and Mayer there um, for when Kelsey, you know, starts declining. So uh, it made a lot of sense to me. Uh, it helps him contend more this year while still he had, like I said, has the, the covered stock, the tight end. And the team that uh, has Kelsey looks to me like a team that was trying to contend. And again, we don't have standings, but I don't think they are contending now looking at this team. Uh, <laughs> he has like the guy he would be getting Kelsey from has like Devonte Smith and like nothing else at wide receiver. He's got uh, like Aaron Jones and nothing else at running back. So I don't think he's probably now would be the time to trade Kelsey at, at, at yeah. probably some of the best value you can get for him, especially in a non-tight end premium league. Yeah. He's also got Cole Komet and uh, Pat Farmuth behind him. So it's that was, yeah, that was my only worry about this trade when I put it down is that like, does he feel like he needs to get a young tight end for Kelsey? Maybe he'd rather do something else. I didn't really want to move any of his young receivers though. No. Uh, no. So I didn't know what else to give him. Um, so it might be a little more harder for sell, but I will say I, I put this in uh, one calculator had it uh, as an overpay, one had it as an underpay uh, in non-premium. Uh, so if he considers it an no, overpay, maybe it's still worth it. What was that? Gotta love calculators. I know. <laughs> but Matt, what do you think of that one? Yeah, I like it. I, my first thought was what you said was that maybe he doesn't necessarily want to want to do that because he has some some tight ends behind. But you know, maybe you, you could go bully tight end. Sure, why not? I, I don't mind that at all. Um, in terms of like the other pieces, yeah, I don't think you'd want to. I mean. Can you do something I'm, like you don't want to move AJ you, Brown and Amon Ra? I, know, I was maybe not ask, trade. Maybe Puka. not. Puka. Yeah. Yeah. See, like that's a great wide receiver three, but I don't think I, I don't know if I would. I don't think I would move him for Kelsey. That's what so. my thought was. Yeah, I, I didn't like. Can you? Him. Would you swap like, out you, Jordan Love for Baker and you know figure out how to fill in the gap between you know Baker oh, and yeah. Kelsey? Sure. Like, if you give Jordan Love plus a little something to get Baker and Kelsey back. Yeah, I would can I that. give? Could I give? Other. I mean, I could I give love and a second for Kelsey? Right. Yeah. So yeah. there's yeah, there's definitely ways improving to on my trade. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, definitely. I, I think we're uh, definitely kind of in agreement on trying to get kind of tear up here and get get elite assets. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's the way to go here. Even if you don't use any of our specific trades or, or they get declined, that that's basically the the general idea we hear um we all are in agreement there so uh with that uh find me a trade segment over that is the end of our show um so first i want to thank matt for coming on and spending so much time here as we're almost to 90 minutes um and uh, matt again i just want to let you um kind of uh you know plug everything you do and, and remind people where they can find you yeah, you can find me on Twitter at MattPriceFF. All of my work's at DLF. I uh, host the DLF Dynasty podcast with Ryan McDowell and Dan Myler. And I write the rookie report card each week. Comes out on Saturdays, I believe. Um, if you're interested in checking in on the rookies from this year. There you go. More rookies. Um, okay. And again, thanks uh, for Drew for co-hosting with me tonight. Um, you can find him at DR underscore PRA. I'm at Dynasty FF Addict. The pod is at Dynasty Junkies. Um, 
You can find Andrew, Andrew Hall, at Andrew Hall FF, the DAP Network, at DAP underscore Network. That's all the Twitter handles we have for you. Uh, make <laughs> sure you're checking us out uh, on YouTube. We uh, we have this in podcast form. You can also watch us on YouTube, and you can subscribe to the DAP Network and get alerts when we go live and all that good stuff. And if you like what you hear, please uh, subscribe, give a rating and review. It really helps us out. Uh, and we always like to hear what people are thinking. Anyway, we can improve the podcast. But I think that'll do it for uh, this week. So, Drew, I'll, I'll leave it to you to, to finish this out here. Junkies out.